This episode of the Outfit Discussion Podcast is brought to you in part by the never-ending hunt for that good, good green. You've got bills, you've got needs, and you've got no job. Today, we observe the humble job in its natural environment. The elusive job can be hard to find in the wild, but thanks to modern technology, you can track several hundred jobs all at once that are probably all going to get away from you. But, oh, look, look over there. No experience required on-site training, and would you believe actually more than minimum wage? Just got to creep up. Oh, rats. Too slow. It's been snatched up before we could even get close. And that's all the time we have on job hunting. Best of luck to you, and happy hunting. Yes, come to see you. Welcome to episode 175 of Up for Discussion, an emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Kate Bradley. We have a special guest joining us over the phone again this week. Uh, he is a PhD in atmospheric physics from Exeter University. He vlogged his entire PhD experience and he hosts a podcast called The Wikicast where he and his co-host hit the random article button on Wikipedia and just let it go from there. Uh, without further ado, Simon Clark. Hello. Thanks for joining us Hello. again. Lovely to be here. That, that's a very good introduction. Like normally, when I when I listen to people introduce me, it's a bit like ah, you've, that's not it's not quite right. You've kind of ballsed up that little <laughs> bit. But it was like no, that is that is that is really you've done your research. Good job, Tom. <laughs> I used to just like sit down and be like, yeah, we've got a guest in studio with us today. Uh, his name is Vance, and I don't know anything about him. <laughs> uh, and then I realized like that's kind of a terrible way to do guest episodes. So. You know, well, we, now we I have put in two done, minutes of effort. We have done this before, though, right? Like, because I did an episode with you and Tim. Uh, That's right. How long yeah. ago was it? It was about a year ago? Oh, at least, yeah, because Tim left the show about a year ago. So it was probably uh, maybe even a year and a half ago. Oh, like, it was a while. Time has been going uncomfortably quickly for me. I don't know if this is just an age <laughs> thing, but like, especially since leaving university, it's like, oh my God, we're in July already. <laughs> yeah, I've been worried about that too. I have a big calendar up on the wall and I scratch out each day and then it's just like, what the fuck happened? Why is the month gone already? <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So since the last time that we spoke to you, um, I guess you, did you finish your PhD? Yep, I, I uh, that, that was an uncomfortably long time ago. It feels like last month. But I, <laughs> I submitted um, at the end of November last year, and I uh, defended. Mm. I did my viva in February, so okay, I, yeah. I have yet to graduate, but I've done all the the formal bits. So I am nice. parentheses doctor at this point. I'm still I'm holding back from calling myself uh, Doctor Clark <laughs> because it feels a bit cheaty at this point. But yeah, that's unbelievably like i think at the time when we did the uh, episode it felt like i was never gonna finish it was just one of these things that was gonna grind it was a bit like brexit it was just gonna go on and on it was gonna be a oh, shambles man. from every direction and then eventually it kind of all came together which is probably more than it's gonna what happened uh will happen for brexit given the events of today <laughs> true yeah that's that's fair yeah uh, for context for uh, people, just to just to date the episode spectacularly the thing that happened today was we just lost like our cabinet like the the foreign secretary and the Brexit secretary both resigned, and um, everyone oh. in the UK was just like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> like the football's <laughs> going really well, and then this happens. What what somebody tweeted? I saw they were like, "England's going to come home with a trophy, but there's going to be no cabinet." Um, <laughs> it's just oh, typical UK, absolutely typical. So I know you said Brexit secretary, but I definitely heard breakfast secretary. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd oh, be so yeah. much better. That'd be the dream job. That's like one of those appointments where you've served in government for so long and they're like, you know, we're going to give you the cushy job. You're going to be the breakfast <laughs> secretary. You're in charge of eggs and sausages. Well, actually, hang on. No, that's a Brit. That's like an uh, all full English. Like what, what would the Canadian breakfast secretary have to deal with? I'm assuming maple syrup just because so much bacon. Yeah. A lot of bacon. Yeah. Bacon and, and eggs and bagels, I think. Yeah. Fresh you- fruit. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
Actually, actually yeah. I, I just got back from holiday. Actually, um, I was on uh, in the Channel Islands. Uh, I was on Jersey, not not the shitty Jersey in America, but the, <laughs> the nice Jersey. And um, every morning, it was just like a big old bowl of fruit. Because I'm at home, I don't I don't tend to do. I'm not really a breakfast person because I'm just lazy. Mm. I don't want to have to do anything more in the morning than I have to do. But when someone mm. else does it for you, I was like, "Yep, give me melon, watermelon, pineapple. I'm gonna have the toast. I'm gonna have a full English. Uh, you know, get it in me." But back home, it's just like Marmite sandwich. I'm done. Maybe an apple. Oh yeah, those apples are lifesavers. Mm. To- toast and apples. Need a last minute breakfast. Yeah. This yeah. morning, my breakfast was a slice of like it was a single craft singles slice. <laughs> really? <laughs> just <laughs> cheese. Just a slice of shit cheese. Yeah, it wasn't even the good cheese. I just like I got up and I was like, uh, I'm just gonna go to work and like sat down at my desk and started working and. And then, oh no, I remembered I had cookies in the office. So I grabbed some cookies from okay. behind me and ate oh, those. And then I started champions. feeling like I needed like something more substantial. So I went to the kitchen and got a single, single craft single. Is, is that then, like American cheese? Like, like the scene in the yeah. Simpsons where Homer eats 64 slices in the night? Yes. Yeah. It's the, it's the processed cheese slices that come in their own individual wrappers. Oh, it's barely yeah. cheese. Ba- yeah, no, barely it's- cheese. There was a huge campaign. I remember when I was a kid and they were like, there's actual milk in it now. And the ads were full of these like animations with milk. Because I, I, I lived quite close to um, a place in England called Cheddar, which is where Cheddar Cheese yeah. was created. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, as soon as, it, it's strange, actually, whenever I travel anywhere. Like, and this happens in Europe. It's not just Amer- America. If you go somewhere in continental Europe, you're just like, this is all a bit shit, isn't it? Like we're just so spoiled by, and I know that there are fantastic continental cheeses, like soft cheeses in particular, but the UK does Mm. like, does it really well. And so when you, when you, yeah, when you see like American cheese or cheese in a can, that's not a thing. (laughs) Cheese in a cave. Yes. Cheese in a can. No. Um, You know, give me, give me a a proper block of like the idea of actually just having a block of cheddar for breakfast is kind of appealing. They may have just given me an idea tomorrow now. Uh, RIP my diet, but uh, there you go. So if you were going to eat a block of cheddar for breakfast, would you just, would you hand eat it or would you use a fork and knife? Oh no, I'd I'd eat it like, like hand eat it. Like it was a giant candy bar. Like it was a giant (laughs) chocolate. I actually did that once. I remember it was when I was at Oxford. I, I went to the gym. And I came back and I was really hungry and I was like, I'm hungry, but I need protein. I just become veggie. And so I just bought a, a an octant of um, Edam and I just ate the whole thing of Edam on my walk home, just walking down the street like it was a slice of melon, just like in my hands. Not one of my proudest oh. moments. Can I, can I stop you there? Is an octant like an eighth? Yeah, I think because I think it's an octant. Is <laughs> I, it, I don't think it's just a quarter. Yeah, I think it is an octant rather than. It just sounds really cool. I wanted to double check. <laughs> yeah, well, because like what, what, add no, it to my vocabulary. What you normally get when people talk about octants, it's um, if you imagine um, in three dimensional space like a sphere, and mm-hmm. well, like if you if you if, backtrack, if you have a two D flat surface and you have like an x and y axis you have quadrants because there are four right. there's you know positive x positive y positive y negative x and you know there's, there's four in total whereas if you do it in 3d space and you put a, like a sphere in the center of your coordinate system oh. what's bounded each one of those is an octant and i think that's how like how much you get when you actually buy a thing of edam like it's it's oh. not a full quarter i think it's half of a quarter so, so geometry, everyone. <laughs> you so, don't think you're so going to about cheese. that podcast. <laughs> geometry and cheese. So, so if you're measuring a, a like a a quadrant, right, and then yeah. you add an extra dimension to it, it becomes an octant. Why is a sextant just a tool that measures angles? <laughs> Shouldn't now, it be something between those two? Well, a set. I mean, in terms of the etymology, I don't know because I think what well, <laughs> sextant comes from the fact that I think its maximum limit is up to sixty degrees. I think okay. I think that's what I was on. Um, I was actually on a game show um, uh, on the fantastic uh, Tom Scott's YouTube channel. Um, he's a he's a oh, great yeah. edgy YouTuber, and um, there was a question about this. I'm gonna have to etymology is like a pet um love of mine. Um, I'd love to do like a book one day about you know just random etymologies, like a kind of QI book. Um, yes, it comes from the fact that it has a graduated arc of sixty degrees. So you huh. can you can visualize sorry not visualize but you know you can use it up to a, a value of sixty degrees from the horizon. Um, oh, cool! 
<laughs> Sorry, I've just I've been nerd snipe now. It's like that X <laughs> where you've got a problem in front of a nerd and they're just like, oh cool. I'll I'll see oh, you guys wonderful. in half an hour. Um, I'll close that tab so I don't get distracted. <laughs> That's fair. Well, while Simon gets distracted by uh, Wikipedia tabs, yeah. why don't we take you guys to the cash corner? Ching, ching, ching. We and haven't established point. an official sound effect yet. We okay, I wasn't apologize. sure if there was going to be a sound effect going in there. I was like, oh, I should join in. But like, uh, uh, ching, ching, ching. There you go. <laughs> maybe maybe you saying cha-ching, cha-ching will be our new sound effect. Oh, we'll God, don't do that. For <laughs> Love God. Dr. Clark, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> oh, dear. Is there anything more satisfying than playing one small part in something that ends up being huge? Oh, Finding that last piece of the thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle, voting in an election where your candidate wins, giving that $5 donation that pushes our Indiegogo campaign to its goal. Oh, hey, we can help you with that last one. We are moving slowly, inexorably, towards our $10,000 goal like a majestic glacier of cash and every bit helps. Want to help move the Upford Network ice wall on its way? Find the link in our show notes, make your donation, and maybe, no matter how small, it will be the last puzzle piece we need. Uh, at the time of recording, we're just under 5,800, and by the end of the day that this comes out, we'd love to be at 6,000. So if you're listening to this and you've got like anywhere between a dollar and $10,000 to spare, uh, click the link and donate something to us. And of course, we're still accepting donations through Patreon as well. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of five folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Candice, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Alex from Play the Mind, Jen, Gillian, pronounced Gillian, Killian, pronounced Killian, Angie, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, and Scotty. And if you give at least $5 a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. Today's Patreon question comes from Anne, who asks, have you looked into the effects of animal agriculture on climate change? Climate change. Climate change. Can I just, before answering that question, can I just say how unbelievably professional you guys are compared to my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I was just listening to that in my mouth open, and I was like, my God, like, we'd like... People give us, like, we have, like, a, a moderate patron that pays for, like, our hosting. And I was like, people pay a dollar a month for this shit when they could be supporting you, like, with an actual noble cause. Jesus, I, you- I gotta say, it felt really cool. He, Tom was finishing up what he was saying, and then he slowly threw a point towards me. And I was like, I know what he wants me to do. <laughs> it felt good. Just to add on to your guys' plug, like, these guys deserve your support. These are professionals. <laughs> My goodness. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> I'm happy to help you, when it's this good. Um, so, <laughs> so, so the question is, is about uh, the climate effects of agriculture, right? So yes. um, this isn't something, so my PhD was um, in stratospheric dynamics. So the thing, the thing to bear in mind about um, atmospheric physics and sort of like the study of the climate generally is it's like, mm. it's the, the, the climate is almost like the largest experiment on earth it's it's a fantastically complicated machine with all these different cogs and wheels going on and you know climate change is like humanity just picking up a sledgehammer and just throwing it into the machine and being like, hey, i wonder what's going to happen and you know scientists like me look at a particular set of cogs or a particular flywheel or something and so i i'm aware of the whole machine it isn't my specialty but my my particular um specialty was in the dynamics of how the middle atmosphere interacts with the lower atmosphere so mm-hmm. i did a bit of digging on this um because it is something that i've uh, mentioned in my videos before because um as i as i kind of mentioned before uh, i'm vegetarian and uh, one of the big things about being a climate scientist is you'll i think you'll find a lot of them are vegetarian because of the massive climate impacts of the meat industry and dairy right. um and so it's kind of hypocritical to tell people you know we've really got to cut down on carbon emissions and yet i'm gonna go home and eat steak or whatever and you know you could also argue the same for people going to conferences on um you know planes and whatnot um but if you look at the data so i, I actually very uh, fortuitously found a link to uh where was this from it was research a resource watch do you have show notes can yeah, i absolutely can you include a link to this yep. um which breaks down the um climate impact the carbon impact of food per calorie so what often people will do is break down the um carbon impact of food by weight and so people will come back and say well you know like i'm only going to eat whatever it is half a pound of um beef eat i'm them. not going to only eat half a pound of potatoes so it's not exactly a fair comparison so if you look at the um tons of the, the, the graph that i'm looking at here and if you follow the link you'll see this as well um is tons of co2 per million kilocalories so 
it's it's kind of like a scaled thing. You're not gonna. It's not like right. this is per meal, but by far and away the most damaging thing that you can eat for the environment is beef. No, so it is, <laughs> and it, it, and the, 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 there's there's like a psychology we can talk about later about this because a lot of people are like, well, that's it. I'm I'm just gonna carry on eating meat. I'm not gonna give up beef. Um, but if you compare, for example, beef. So this is again per million calories kilocalories uh-huh. mm-hmm. you emit 220 tons of co2 now compare that to poultry where you emit approximately 30 oh wow so it's an order of magnitude and you know Wait, and then that, it's that that's much huge difference that's, yeah, that's beef, 30 elephants instead of 220 elephants yeah i mean when you put it like that it really puts it in perspective tom um <laughs> I mean, and so, you know, it, it, the reason being that when you grow cattle, you obviously have to feed those cattle. And, you know, mm. so, yeah, there, there is methane emissions from the cows farting, basically, and, 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 you know, the actual sort of animal itself. But really, it's the broader agricultural impact of growing grain and using water and things like that to, uh, to keep the cow alive so you can eat the cow. It's just a very inefficient way of converting the calories that nature you know provides if you like in the the first layer of the food chain uh it's a mm-hmm. very inefficient way of converting that to calories which humans actually use so if mm. you actually there's um a custom visualizer that resource watch provided and it you know it works out like um water use uh, land use um pasture all that kind of thing so that that's everything going into beef it's it's actually quite a comprehensive statistic and you know that's compared to poultry right and that's still on the relative high end so uh poultry oh i can oh i can mouse over i didn't know i could do that yeah so um beef is 220 million uh sorry tons per million kilocalories poultry is 30 if you compare that to soybeans uh soybeans are 2.8 yeah but soybeans oh. are gross <laughs> i mean you say that i reckon so- <laughs> so- soya protein is actually like it's coming up on me like i didn't used to eat it that much i was much more of a corn i don't know if you have that in canada like a um, corn? it is it's a mycoprotein so it's made from uh, mushrooms basically but it's oh. it's molded into shapes like chicken or beef so you can use it in things like sauces or fry it or whatever you, you could just use mm-hmm. it the same as meat but like soy mm. stuff is kind of you know it's growing on me um and and like that's another common misconception actually is because i imagine there are going to be a few climate denier people sitting in the audience going yeah well, well the thing about soy is that it's destroying the amazon um and that's uh, a common misconception because the soya um going back to the point about beef the soya that is grown that's devastating a lot of the environment is actually soy that's grown to feed to animals it's not oh shit it, so it's you know it's one of these that's things very, that's very that's an important distinction yeah, yeah. yes so it, you know we're growing way more soy than we we need to in order to you know actually feed humans so if we if we cut out the middleman of the livestock then suddenly the whole process becomes much more efficient and you know if huh. if, if people have the show notes in front of them i would encourage them to go on this visualizer because it is it's like a um an exponential curve going down of you've got beef and then just below beef you actually have sheep and goats um which are 180 um uh, tons per million kilocalories and then there's a massive drop to dairy products where it goes from 180 to 34 and then it's poultry and then it's fish um and then eggs and it kind of goes down and down and down until actually what was interesting was the most efficient um uh substance that they looked at was um sugar Per, per, no. per, in terms of tons of sh- tons of co2 per million kilocalories it's uh sugar has 0.67 tons huh. so uh, it's you know it's like it's actually a very efficient way of getting calories but it's you know <laughs> that doesn't mean that everyone should just eat sugar because you know right climate wait, is wait, the wait, thing we should be considering. wait wait are you telling me we could we could feed the beef just sugar yeah and then we'd have sugar beef that's right we could give sugar, sugar beef. beef instead of soy <laughs> Uh, is I there don't... pork anywhere? Is pork anywhere on there? Because Quebec has a massive mm. like pork industry, and they produce so much and too much, and it's yeah, fucking pork, up everything. Uh, uh, pork's on here. Pork has uh, thirty is thirteen tons per million kilograms. Okay, so, so pork is better than chicken. Pork is better than chicken, which is which is I quite mean, surprising it's not, to it's me. Gross, but actually, I don't know. But I, I used to love pork. I've got to say, before I turned veggie, I, I loved pork chops and applesauce. That was one of my absolute favorite oh. meals. And um, I can, you can actually get fake pork, like imita- corn, again, uh, imitation pork, which isn't isn't very good, I'll be honest. So I do still miss it. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, in terms of actual meats, I think pork is actually the most efficient. So like, it's one of these things where like you can say to people, you know, <clears throat> the, the best thing that any individual can do to reduce their carbon impact, their environmental impact is to 
to go vegetarian. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, in terms of ease of, you know, changing your lifestyle, going mm-hmm. vegetarian is much easier than not flying or not using your car or, or what have yeah. you. Right. Um, but even within that, if people just stopped eating beef and just ate pork, for example, that is a colossal mm-hmm. impact. Um, huh. You know, and it's and it's the kind of thing where perhaps as, an, as climate scientists and um, ecologists, we, we need to start maybe not, not, I guess it is softening our message. We don't want to come across as the, the food Nazis that say you can't eat meat anymore because people get very defensive about that. And yeah. when I've made videos about this, they're just like, well, you know, fuck you. I want to keep eating meat. Right. I, I like steak. And it's like, well, OK, no, 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 no. You can eat meat, but maybe eat it less mm. and eat, change what eat your what meat you're eating i um, i don't and, think you would get called less of a, a food nazi for telling people that the only meat they can eat is pork because then you're just like alienating all the jewish people who still want to eat meat oh there's chicken, this is true. There's, chicken. <laughs> there's yeah chicken isn't isn't as bad like it's still if you were to stop eating either beef or goats or sheep mm-hmm. um chicken is basically still the most damaging thing you could eat apart from dairy products right but way um, less which is good yeah, it's definitely way less. Um, and it, it's the kind of thing where I, I, having said about softening our message, like we are kind of running out of time really to start <laughs> mm. implementing these changes. Like I just did a video recently about um, the irreversibility of climate change. The mm. fact that the stuff that we've already done to the atmosphere is going to be around in a thousand years. Right. And the, there is no feasible technology. And I don't think there will be for at least a century to you know, reverse what we've done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, the time to start making these changes is is now. Mm. Um, and, you know, so it, it, perhaps I, it's worth being called a food Nazi to be told, well, actually, you know, if you care about the welfare of your children and your descendants, you probably should stop eating beef um, and, and you know, large animals and either stop eating meat or massively cut down and change what meat you're eating. Mm. Yeah, it's um, always very difficult because, I mean, we have this, like, uh, need for the tasty you know it's such a it's so ridiculous and I, I fight with this in my mind very often about like I'm very aware of the uh, environmental uh, problems and the trauma the physical emotional psychological trauma that these animals go through and it's just like I still bite into that burger and it drives me insane mm-hmm. like what is it in my lack of humanity i don't know that makes me just like disregard all this bad stuff Mm -hmm. so i totally understand the the idea of like okay let's soften it you can keep some of your meat you're being really aggressive Mm -hmm. keep some of your meat but (laughs) but um at the same time i totally see your point that Mm -hmm. like there's no time for being polite anymore but Mm -hmm. in on that note do you are you hopeful towards change because Mm -hmm. most governments are like really not helping i mean i I think I'm somewhere in the middle of the spectrum. There, there are some scientists who think that humans will be extinct in 30 years, which to me is uh, like, I can understand perhaps why they think that, but I think it's alarmist. Um, okay. I, don't, I don't think mm. that's that's true. I think that if you if we look into the future by a thousand years, I think that humans are still going to be around. I don't honestly know what state civilization will be in. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think you have to be optimistic. I actually interviewed... Um, uh, a guy called Professor James Stock from Harvard recently about this. And he was like, you kind of have to be optimistic because otherwise you just roll over and give up and we resign yeah. ourselves to a Mad Max type future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, those weren't his words. I don't think Harvard professors refer to future <laughs> projections as Mad Max style future. Um, <laughs> but you, I think you have to be, try and be optimistic. But I, I think, you know, yeah, the time for being polite about this stuff kind of has come to an end. And mm. in... In talking to people on YouTube about this, there are still a lot of people who um, don't believe that climate change is a thing or believe that it's been debunked. Um, right. And my patience for these people has rapid, <laughs> like exponentially decreased because I just like, I haven't got to the point where I'm like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. This is what the science says. This is what observation says. Right. I'm not quite at that point, but I feel like, yeah, this is the time when we do need to, you know, start being really realistic about this kind of thing because the, I, I think there is like a groundswell. There is, there is like a, a grassroots movement. The general population does desire this change i think generally people at least in the west i can't speak for the massive population centers in like india or china people are becoming aware that this is an issue and they want to you know they don't want to see a world of two degrees of warming or, mm-hmm. or a world where the greenland ice cap melts um 
you know, I, I, I think that that groundswell movement is coming and the technology is coming, particularly in solar. Um, but, you know, regardless of what we do, I think for at least a good century, we are not going to be making a dent in the impact we've already mm. had on the climate. Okay. And, yeah. and you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of sensitivity in climate models about exactly what that impact will be in terms of, you know, actual degree Celsius warming. Mm-hmm. But what the science is very clear about is that if... Uh, we have made changes by now. They are here to stay. They are going mm. to be here for at least a thousand years. Wow. Um, so, you know, yes, the stuff is happening and change is coming. Mm-hmm. I am not so optimistic about if it's happening fast enough. I think that we've, mm. we are pretty much locked into at least two degrees of warming within, you know, the next couple of centuries, but mm. maybe we'll develop well like the whole geoengineering issue is like a i I don't know how much do you guys know about geoengineering Mm, i I got nothing yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so so geoengineering is this idea that we can change the climate deliberately what we've been doing so far is is kind of like we we've been fucking up without realizing it Uh um but much like the uk government we've just kind of been bumbling along and things have gotten worse and worse and we've only just now realized how much of a mess we're in Mm -hmm. um but what we can do, that the science has been established for a very long time. There are there are kind of two ways that you can fix the or fix, you can alter the climate in the other direction. And one of those is to remove carbon from the atmosphere. And the other one is something called solar radiation management. And I just did a video about um carbon capture, sinking carbon from the atmosphere, and showed that if we want to offset the amount of damage that we're currently doing, just to stand still, would cost about three trillion dollars a year. Ah. So it's like building a new international space station every uh, 19 days or something like that. Jesus. So it's, wow. it's like completely in- infeasible for the time being. It may mm. may change in the future. And that's like a, if- that's a low estimate. <laughs> like it could be 10 <laughs> times more expensive than that. What yeah, if instead yeah. of doing that, what if instead of doing that, we every 19 days build another international space station and then we just all move to those and fuck the planet? There you go. That's the, the you know you say that I I literally just started watching the expanse and that seems to be like a, a massive thing that the Martians have it's like in the the twenty fourth century and we've colonized the the solar system and the Martians are just like Earth you fucked it like you, you really screwed up the planet there um, so yeah we could do that I mean the thing with the ISS is it actually it's in still in the atmosphere technically so it, it does still slowly descend to earth because it's in a very thin part of the atmosphere called the thermosphere Mm -hmm. so it it needs to be boosted back up every now every now and again so it's not like completely cutting the cord with earth but you know leave it to musk he'll he'll sort something bigger out yeah yeah Um, daddy musk will get it sorted anytime anybody talks about moving to another planet i'm like fuck you man (laughs) we are not responsible enough to do that we're just not we can't even talk to each other on a human to human level face to face yeah you want to go to another fucking planet it's i just i don't i'm not a very hopeful person simon (laughs) it's like a really dysfunctional family that's completely fucked up a house and like the yes. shit on the walls, like it's falling down. And then like the patriarch is just like, maybe we should move to a new home. And everyone's just like, yeah, that'll, that'll solve all of our problems. Exactly. We, we know where we went wrong. Um, oh. But like, so the other option is solar radiation management, which is this very controversial thing. In fact, I was at a conference in Vienna a couple of years ago when this was debated. And this was the European Geosciences Conference. So there were really eminent scientists from all over the world who, who were there talking about this. And some people were saying, we shouldn't even be having this debate like this technology is so powerful so controversial that it's dangerous to even talk about it because what you do with solar radiation management is you effectively blot out the sun you oh no you, you, you mr you burns increase... did that it went really <laughs> yeah, wrong it's literally that. <laughs> yeah there, there are a few different ways of doing it and one of them is literally to place a giant uh, either oh. lens or mirror in in between the sun and the earth and you like diffract the um life light away. Um, the lens the seems common... like it would be dangerous. That's the thing, right? Because the, <laughs> si- the, the the science of how uh, it, it would work in in principle is very well established. Like in my master's course at Oxford, it was known. You know, we were lectured about it very briefly. Uh, the most common way of like most common proposal of doing it is to inject um, aerosols into the stratosphere. So these are very, very tiny particles. Um, And it would be something like titanium dioxide, which is actually the additive that makes the M's on M&M's look white. Um, It's basically you'd inject that into the stratosphere and it would make the earth more reflective is basically the the the, the idea because with, (laughs) with, with like with global warming, the problem is we've, um, 
hang on, let me get this right. We decrease the amount of radiation that the Earth is giving out to space. It's like this is the blanket effect. And you see, you still have the same amount of radiation coming in. So there's a net positive change of energy in the Earth, which means it warms. So the two mm. options oh. are either you increase the amount of energy that the Earth emits, which is removing carbon from the atmosphere, or you reduce the amount of energy that's coming in from the sun. So you make the planet more reflective. And then you balance mm. the books that way. The problem is that, like, who, talking about Daddy Musk, who would have the control on on how much you put in the atmosphere and how much you cool it by? Because oh wow, you know you could if you if you were to set up like a UN um, like the Security Council were to just decide what how much we were supposed to do. Places like Russia mm. would love the planet to be a bit warmer because then you have more arable mm. land. Whereas places right. in Africa definitely want the planet to be cooler because they're getting their grassland is being turned into desert and they are you know mm. people are migrating and they're losing water. Um, and so there's like a ba- very big like kind of moral question about at what point do we you know where at what point on the Earth thermostat do we stop it? Um, mm-hmm. And also this technology is powerful enough and to be honest cheap enough that someone like Musk could just decide to do it one day, and wow. we we would know the general effect it would have. It would cool the planet, but there are so many question marks about um, what it would do beyond that because there are questions right. about like the wavelengths of light that it would reflect that might oh, yeah. change the um rate of photosynthesis for certain species so you, you could see certain species going extinct from this which would then collapse ecosystems um you know you, there, there there are potential health hazards for some of the stuff that you want to put in the atmosphere sulfur dioxide is another um commonly proposed chemical because that's what's emitted by volcanoes into the atmosphere um and mm-hmm. in the past that that's been shown to have cooled the planet when that's happened but when that gets rained out it's acid rain and so you know like that's another potential health hazard to to weigh up so like how i i actually can't remember how we got on to discussing this well it was i mean it was agriculture but what was the link between agriculture and this again At climate change climate i guess change, yeah. Yeah. this is climate change the planet oh yeah you asked me if i was what? optimistic that was it um ah yes so, yeah, so basically yeah. i'm optimistic that that eventually we will stabilize the climate through one way or another i would prefer that geoengineering like solar radiation management wasn't used i think mm-hmm. our best bet is to invest and invest and invest and and research carbon capture and hope that we can get that to a point where it it is economically feasible and it's not three trillion dollars a year Um, (laughs) right you know and you know again that's at minimum at the moment um but we are still we have already changed the planet there are certain irreversible processes that have already started ticking off like species are going extinct from climate change and you know uh, the current rate of extinction is i just read a, th- a paper this morning is uh, approximately a thousand to ten thousand times higher than it was before humans turned up Oof. Oof. so wow. you know there are certain processes which are they're irreversible we've already mm-hmm. we've already mm-hmm. fucked the planet in several ways but it's a question now of damage control it's keeping the fire contained and you know trying to limit the amount of damage that we continue to do I am reasonably optimistic that we will manage that, but we are still going to call, we're going to lose a lot along the way. We're going to lose a lot of species. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose a lot of uh, culture, frankly. We're going to lose people, you know, places like the Maldives going underwater. That's suddenly a whole country that's just going to become un- uninhabitable. Um, yeah. Ways of life are going to change. Um, you know, we haven't even hit the really bad stuff that's going to start happening. Like if um, the glaciers in the Himalayas um, evaporate, if they if they disappear um, because they're not accumulating enough snow in the winter, then suddenly that's something of the order of like a billion people that don't have a regular water supply. Um, mm. And that's inevitably going to lead to conflict. Um, the next right. century, the next two centuries are going to be very testing you know as a direct result of anthropogenic climate change um Mm -hmm. and i i just have to be optimistic that we're going to come out of that and it's not going to be fallout it's not going to be mad max (laughs) it's going to be an expanse type future where yes we have fucked up the earth but we kind of got it under control eventually so pessimistically optimistic i suppose yeah well (laughs) yeah fair enough eat healthy exercise regularly take cold showers avoid sugar practice yoga Drink more water. Meditate. Practice mindfulness. Wear barefoot shoes. Avoid fat. Eat more fat. Go vegan. Try paleo. Do Drink bone broth. Try black Do P90X. Try a 30 squats a day. Eat more day squats. Keto strongly good. Get more protein. Eat less seafood. Avoid the dirty dozen. Try a bar candy. Drink Take an eye. Wear natural fiber. Use a spot. Staying healthy can feel overwhelming at times. Sometimes it feels like 
you have to change all your habits just to meet the baseline. But sometimes, all it takes is one little change. Ether Kombucha contains four powerful probiotic strains along with essential vitamins and antioxidants, all in a delicious, refreshing package which helps regulate digestion, support the immune system, and aid in the body's natural detox processes. Living healthier can be a treat with Ether Kombucha. Ether Kombucha. Do what works for you. For more information, follow us on Instagram at Ether Kombucha. Hi, I'm Tefera Jemian, one of the hosts of Yeah, a podcast on the Upford Network. We're talking about young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network, and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Now that we've talked about the ways that uh, we've completely fucked up the world, let's talk about a species that's been extinct for a really, really long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our Indiegogo question for this episode comes from Katie Warren, who asks, what's the best dinosaur? Now, I have opinions about this. <laughs> because when I, was, when I was a kid, I used to want to be a paleontologist. Like, I, I was... think I knew that about you, and I think that that subconsciously made me choose this question for this episode. <laughs> uh, okay. I th- we may have talked about it last time. I can't remember. But like, I was, I was the kid that used to go to the Natural History Museum in London. If we, went, if we did like a day trip to London, we always went to the Natural History Museum. And I was always the kid that would go around and name the dinosaurs before looking at the name plaques. And I'd be like, Pixelophodon, oh, nice. <laughs> or Demetrodon, not actually a dinosaur, Velociraptor. Um, so I, when I was a kid, my favorite dinosaur was Euphocephalus. Or one of those names that I'm never entirely sure how you're supposed to pronounce. It was an ankylosaur. Um, so these were the armored dinosaurs. They were on four legs. Um, and they had these kind of bony armor plating. It was the closest yes. thing that dinosaurs came to being like medieval knights. And Euphocephalus right. was my favorite because they had armored eyelids. Yeah, they why? They had a chunk of bone that would go over their eyes to to you know as protection. And that was the most metal thing for me as a kid. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm putting my cards on the table. Bang! I'll have 10 of those, please. Um, <laughs> so that was definitely my favorite as a kid. Like, others, I don't know, others have, like, kind of t- taken my eye. I've been like that meme of the guy being distracted by uh, a, a girl, but it's <laughs> instead of instead of two girls, it's a, a dinosaur and another dinosaur. Um, <laughs> I, like, Therizinosaurus is a very cool one. That was that had the longest claws uh, of any dinosaur. Um, Archaeopteryx is is another one that's like it was so his- historically significant because it was mm-hmm. the kind of the, the missing link between dinosaurs and birds, mm-hmm. um, and that that one because there's the amazing fossil that's in Berlin of this like bird and it almost looks like it's posing. It's like you know it's got its feathers fanned out and it's in mm-hmm. like its kind of death death throw. Um, that one's like kind of become more appealing to me as like I see its historical significance. But I don't know, like, there are so many, this is the, like, there are just so many to choose from. Um, Can I, can I ask you real quick, do you have any dinosaur action figures lying around? Not now, when I was a kid, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I don't know, did it air in, in, in in Canada? There was a program called Walking with Dinosaurs. Uh, I think so. It was in like 1997. I feel like... I, I, I mean, I, I remember recording the first episode on VHS. That was how <laughs> long ago this was. But it was it was the first time that I think anyone had done something like this, where they'd done... Imagine like Planet Earth. It was like a nature documentary, but it was pretending that they'd sent film crews to do it about dinosaurs. Yeah. And so they had like CG dinosaurs and puppetry, and it was like the BBC... like broke so much ground with this and i think it got copied a whole bunch and they did other series like walking with beasts walking with cavemen that kind of thing Mm. um and they did a line of toys and i had um what did i have i had uh a 
Allosaurus, a Uteraptor, a Tyrannosaurus, a... Um, oh, God, what was the Onithomimid? There was a... Um, like a Laosaurus or something like that. It was. It used to live on um, Gondwana when it was uh, where the Antarctic is at the moment. I can't remember its name. <laughs> uh, no, I can't remember. Someone's going to... Someone, if there are comments on this, someone's going to put that in the comments, I have no doubt. Um, <laughs> and I think I had a Stegosaurus. And like, so yeah, I had these like action figures and like, you obviously do the kid thing that uh, Wash does at the start of Firefly, where you just yes, make him yes. fight. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Um, <laughs> but no, sadly, I think they got uh, donated to a charity shop when I became an adult, <laughs> which I'm still oh. a little bit sad about. Yeah. I now need to buy more toys to fill the yep. void in my, uh, my soul. Exactly. Although, I funnily that. enough, I, I did just yesterday uh, go to Games Workshop and uh, uh, bought my first Warhammer for about... 10 years uh which is now like becoming <laughs> i think that's going to be my new my new adult toys that are going to uh, fill that gap <laughs> i even picked the i even picked the race that even closely resembled dinosaurs now oh there it. you go <laughs> yeah, tyranids for the win well when i was prepping for this in a panicked uh, moment before the show i because i just know the basics in the jurassic park Mm-hmm. ones like when i was a kid it was the the triceratops and uh mm-hmm. you know the basics yeah. and then um oh i gotta say though when ice age came out mm-hmm. that was the first movie that was that showed me like oh like there you you think you're just thinking dinosaurs but there are so many different eras of dinosaurs mm-hmm. and they look very different from each other and the um but i i definitely landed on this oh i'm gonna fuck it up how did you do pronounce it because to me, it's Ankylosaurus. Yeah, I That's thought it I was Ankylosaurus for the longest time, but apparently it's Ankylosaurus. Ankylo, Oh, like Kylo Ren. I don't like that. Yes. An- <laughs> exactly <laughs> But that. Those- Anyone with armor, I just love. Mm. They're so badass. And yeah. I'm imagining yeah. the eyes is because if they hit from the front, their eyes are protected, right? Maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just evolution. Some, some, some weird, so at the time, there was a mutated Euphocephalus that everyone else at that point didn't have the eyelid things. And then, like, Frank was born with these, <laughs> like, you know, bone spurs over his eyes. And everyone, like, laughed at him like, a, like an ugly duckling. And then suddenly, one day, they all got killed because something went in all their eyes and he survived. <laughs> it was natural selection. They yeah. all walked into trees that had sticks at exactly the wrong like level. <laughs> and then he put his sunglasses on and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> the, go they made Frank. like a little chinking noise. It was like chink. Protected. <laughs> I'm adding that to the cash corner sound effect for <laughs> Chink 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 chink. It's gonna be all the different weird noises that I've made over this episode. Oh man. Yeah, you know, I always thought it was an- Ankylosaur as well. And I think that the reason that I thought that was because there was a Digimon called Ankylomon. Oh. Uh, and they really oh. specifically pronounced pronounced it that way in the tv show right and in my mind as soon as something is pronounced a specific way on tv that is the right way to pronounce it <laughs> yeah yes uh, absolutely yeah. especially but- like when it comes to names and stuff like i you know i had people tell me that they thought hermione was pronounced wrong in the harry potter movies and i was like look so did i at first but they're saying it so now it's canon <laughs> yeah I, when i was when i first read the books because i came out as uh, they came out when i was a kid mm-hmm. uh like i was i was like almost exactly the right age as in like i turned 18 i think when the last book came out i want to say it was like i was like you know kind of grew up with it and okay. so when i with the first one i was like seven and so i naturally pronounced it as, as hermione because <laughs> never seen it written down before yeah um, yeah you know but like my first question my mum gave me the book and she was like oh it's this really popular book i think you're really gonna like it and my question was does it have pictures and that was like <laughs> how young i was at the time <laughs> like, all right i'll give it a go but, you know if there's no pictures i don't think i'll like it i uh i still ask that question <laughs> yep same i need those pictures <laughs> i i mean this is a stupid thing to say right now and i'm i'm admitting that fully but simon it was really impressive how much information is in your brain and i want to congratulate you on being smart and knowing things yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what i what i have is what my mum calls verbal diarrhea where if you get me going on something i'll just keep talking like oh, I, you to know. us it's glitter man yeah. it's all glitter <laughs> It's like, you know how they say about kids, like, their brain's like a sponge. Mm. You, know, you put them in water and they just absorb everything. I feel like this is the verbal diarrhea is just if you squeeze the sponge. It doesn't matter what the information is. It just all comes out. <laughs> I, I could talk for... It's like there's, there's a program here in the UK called Just a Minute. We're supposed to talk for a minute um, without repeating yourself, pausing or getting distracted about yeah. a particular topic. And I, I feel like I could do that about pretty much <laughs> about a wide range of things based on this podcast. Um, <laughs> 
Dinosaurs are a particular, like, you know, favorite of mine. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm quite glad that that question came up because, like, the climate one, I was like, oh my God, I've got to, like, you know, got to make sure that I'm scientifically correct. I should look up some <laughs> literature. Dinosaurs, I was like, job's, job's done. I, I'm so, <laughs> so ready for this. Awesome. Oh, man. So, so Kate, your, your favorite dinosaur is the Ankylosaur as well, then? Well, you've I mean, had that picture open on your phone for like an hour. He's super cute. I mean, it's just I like how low to the ground. I like the the barbs at the end of the tail. Mm. There was always from the watching these documentaries on on TV and Jurassic Park the swinging, like yeah. how how they attack each other, how mm. they defend themselves. I always found that very very interesting and like the size differences. So like I don't know how big this guy is uh, in terms of uh, and maybe like a cow. I, I want to say they were about nine to ten meters long i'm gonna google that uh shit that's very that's big. huge yeah let me just have a double check at that uh <laughs> seven to eleven meters long Jeez. wow because they, well, they look like giant turtles basically like in my mind that thing should be like a foot long and really cute <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah yeah that's yeah so cute. oh my fucking god <laughs> coming running towards you <laughs> But instead, it's more of a Blastoise. Like, it's it's a big guy. Funny, actually, f- oh. funny, funny story there. My my college at um, uh, Oxford had... we had, uh, Oxford colleges get pets sometimes. Uh, like, Worcester College had a cat. Um, uh, like, it's quite... A, a cat's quite popular. Some colleges have tortoises. And St. Peter's got a tortoise. We, we like, passed a motion. We were going to buy one. And then <laughs> we were going to... We had a, a, a vote to decide what we were going to call it. And um, one of the, the, the runner-up was Squirtle. And they wanted to, to, to call it Squirtle. And then when it got big enough, they were going to call it War Turtle, and then eventually call it Blastoise. Um, oh, no. I think the third place was, because it's Oxford, uh, was Aesiculus, who was the Greek playwright who was killed when a tortoise fell out of the sky and landed on his head and mm-hmm. killed him. Um, I, well, and the, the name that won was Aristotle. That's, oh, that's, that's very good. good. Yeah, that was that's really everyone, good. Everyone saw that came out top, and everyone was like, "That's that's well done, Ashley." Because <laughs> the thing about yeah, this... a bunch of smart people clapping because they found a name for a turtle. I like that. I like that. You're like us. <laughs> well done, everyone. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yeah. Because even I'm... smart people like puns. Yes. Oh god, Ox was a hotbed for that. Like, because he was saying about the whole t- turtle thing. Because that—that's another. It's not a dinosaur, but the the largest turtle that ever lived was called. No, it's not Archaeon. That's a Warhammer thing. I think it was called Archelon. Um, and that oh, was yeah. like three meters long. Like these absolutely gigantic turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, just hang on. Let me Google. I'm just going to Google this. I think I've seen these before. Yeah, this sounds familiar. Archelon. Yes. Yeah, Archelon. I was right. Um, From the Greek roots, meaning chief turtle. (laughs) Just the the chief of all turtles. A bit like Tyrannosaurus Rex. But like, instead of being king, he's just chief. Um, (laughs) But yes, yeah, Ankylosaurs were really quite big, actually. I mean, I think as a kid, the other other, like favorites that I had in terms of like the best... Um, were the sauropods, the giant sauropods, like Seismosaurus and Argentinosaurus. Um, mm. Who were no, no, not not Argentinosaurus. That was yes, yeah, I do mean Argentinosaurus. I'm getting that confused with the. Um, there was like a because the, the giant sauropods lived in the Jurassic, the middle part of the dinosaur era, the Mesozoic, and the giant predators, which everyone likes to imagine lived at the same time, lived in the Cretaceous, and I oh, think mm-hmm. Argentinosaurus. Um, was the exception to that, where it lived alongside a giant um, predator called Giganotosaurus. Um, yes, it, it lived in, yeah, Argentinosaurus lived in the Cretaceous, and it's one of the largest um, sauropods ever. It's like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and find a. Oh, I'm, you'd think with the podcast I do, I'd be really quick at reading Wikipedia articles now, but <laughs> I just get completely overwhelmed. Um, yeah, th- 40 meters long. Um, wow. seven point three meters tall at the shoulder. That's wild. That's, oh, that's too long. So, it's so hard to even wrap your head around that. Yeah, it's that's so like, big. Is that is that about a football field? Uh, an American football field. Yeah. Uh, I don't know American no. football field. Sorry, I mean, this is what most of my podcast is. It's just me <laughs> googling things. Uh, uh, and it makes me like, oh, he's really smart. It's like, I, 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 in full disclosure, I didn't have to Google that much actually this episode but normally i'm just like frantically googling right. and cutting out the typing uh, <laughs> in, in the wikicast um a fo- no, a football american football field is 100 yards long so it's 91.44 sensible units um and it's f- about half that wide okay that's so, still fucking big still yeah wow it's, it's a fucking big dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, like, I still, my reference for height is, is it taller than a Brachiosaurus, though? Because I think the Brachiosaurus <laughs> used to be, when I was a kid, the height, the figure that I had in my head was 12 meters tall. Mm. And, like, I was looking at, like, a lamppost uh, when I was on holiday, and I was like, that's a pretty big lamppost, but is it bigger than a Brachiosaurus? Um, yeah, think... well, the ceilings in our studio are 12 feet tall. Yeah, but he said so meters. That's not, yeah, oh, 12 meters. meters. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. different. Yeah. I always I always compare it in, to the memory I have in my mind of the 10 meter uh, diving board at the Olympic Stadium. Uh, when oh, I would do yeah, classes, yeah. they would walk us up there and they'd be like, go to the edge. And it's fucking tall, man. I dived off? off a three meter one. Okay. And that was, I remember getting up there and thinking this is way higher than I thought it was. Yes, <laughs> it really is. As soon as you're up there looking down, my brother bribed me with a, a plastic coin. He said, I have a plastic 25 cents in my wallet. It's yours if you jump off this three meter board. And that's I a, did it. That's a terrible bribe. I love plastic <laughs> things. <laughs> I love fake things. Speaking of loving fake things, my favorite dinosaur. I'm really glad that I found a, a way back in with this. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> earlier that there's a there's a Digimon called Ankylos- Ankylomon. Yeah. It's based mm-hmm. off the Ankylosaur. My favorite dinosaur is... Uh, oh, no. What is his name? <gasps> have I forgotten his name? Come on, Tom. Oh, find no. it. Find it, Tom. Oh, no. You can do it. How have I forgotten his name? I'm going to do it. Describe it. I'll see, I'll see if I Vis- can name yeah. it for you. Is it? Is it? Oh, no. Visual, well, what, what, what does, does it look, look like? like? Yeah. It's, it's the one that comes after Greymon. Oh, no. I oh, don't, still no, in the oh, Digimon. You mean, you mean a Digimon? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was a Pokemon child. I am powerless. Oh, no. Uh, I watched yeah, the first there season. I'm dumb because I got into my own head about it. It's Metal Greymon. In my head, I was like, his his name can't just be Metal Greymon. It fucking is. It's just Metal Greymon. Does he have like a sick uh, head armor? He's got thing? like a helmet kind of thing, and he shoots missiles out of his chest. That looks like they're coming out of your nipples, Tom. The well, mime you're I mean, doing, that's, that's what he does? That's where his chest is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nipples, nipples are on the chest. Amazing. Who reloads them? How is that his, are they his own I think creation? they're kind of flesh nipples. They, I mean, flesh missiles. And this is your fir- your favorite your favorite dinosaur? Has My absolute favorite flesh dinosaur. Nipples. Yeah, because I always thought like, you know, I, I'm also a Pokemon person, um, but I'm a big Pokemon and Digimon person to the point where I've got tattoos of both of them. And like, oh, wow. as a kid, I always thought Digimon was a lot cooler than Pokemon, but Pokemon mm-hmm. was more fun. Fun. Uh, and and Digimon was cooler, if exclusively for the fact that with a lot of Pokemon, they're like, all right, Pikachu, use Tail Whip, and then with you know Digimon, they're like, okay, Metal Greymon, shoot a fucking missile out of your chest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I and definitely there's... remember being a kid and being like, but it has Digi in its name. That's that's cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It felt like the smarter one, you know. I don't know. Yeah. So to me, I always felt like Digimon was like the more brash. It felt more American. If that mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, whereas like Pokemon, it was a bit more like charming and, um, <laughs> you know, Japanese. And, right. But also, but also like, because Pokemon grew out of, um, I can't remember the name of the um, the guy who created it, but he was a bug hunter. He like, he collected insects and he wanted oh, kids who grew up in cities to have that experience. And so they're like, that's why they're all based on the natural world. And mm-hmm. they all have names that are like are often like related to, to like you know um, not Mothra that's Godzilla's nemesis, um, <laughs> Venomoth you know right. or, or Venonat or that kind of thing. So like I, I think that's why to me it appealed more because I was very much a biologist kid. I was mm. I was all about you know the natural world and, and dinosaurs. So you know I could see I, I guess that just appealed to me more. And now now I'm an adult like I'm more about physics and technology. So I suppose Digimon should appeal to me more. Right. <laughs> I, I always found that the storytelling with Digimon was more grown up than with Pokemon because with Pokemon you'd get it was very episodic you know Ash would be going mm-hmm. on his journey it would go you know from the beginning of the episode to the end you knew you were getting a tight 20 minutes and then next week he'd be slightly further on his journey but there wasn't a lot of like continuous storyline outside of that whereas mm-hmm. with Digimon every episode ended on like a to be continued sort of uh, mm-hmm. like yeah, something yeah. big just happened let's see what happens next time and and with Pokemon that it always felt with Pokemon you could jump in wherever and with digimon you really had to know what was going on because also with digimon am i right in saying that the first um the first season it was like every episode one of the digimon would evolve is that is that the right word basically yeah yeah Yeah. like they'd evolve and like you'd get each one in turn and it'd be like oh we've had this weakness we need something that can run really fast (laughs) and then something went oh would you look at that i've got these really fast moving legs uh Mm -hmm. all of a sudden Um, yeah you know and then you know, then by the end, I remember the, like the last episode that was when the really like innocent looking like a Togepi like turned into was it Angelimon? Yeah, that's right, Angelimon. Oh my god, that's dredging up from the depths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's it. They would they would always start off with the very like what I always think of anyway as the very like typical like 
sort of teen focused anime where like the first like 20 episodes you're just meeting all the characters one episode at a time Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. really establishing who has what powers and then they get into some really dark shit as soon as that's done where like okay now you have to save the world and these bad guys are really like ruining everything and like Digimon always did that consistently. They would start off with a few episodes of like, here's how you're going to meet everybody and find out their powers Mm -hmm. and then they're going to get new powers. And then, oops, now we meet the bad guy who is trying to destroy the human world as well. So now there's real consequences. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like Pokemon always just felt like it was like, okay, yeah, like ultimately the worst thing that's happening is that these three people are trying to steal his Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) but in this because like putting aside the the uh, creative fanciful world of pokemon and digimon were there dinosaur shows i'm trying to remember yeah there was land before time land before time yeah there were the land before time movies we had jurassic park half of the land before time weren't really real dinosaurs if i remember rightly there was a brontosaurus which wasn't at least at the time, I think it might have changed. Actually, Brontosaurus is wasn't a real species. It was a, mm. it was actually an Apatosaurus. And then I think more recently they found that was it Triceratops was a was the juvenile form of Taurosaurus or something like that. So like actually half mm. the cast aren't real dinosaurs. Right. <laughs> so it's just like really that- shitting on these childhood like d- dreams of you know <laughs> watching this because the, yeah that that was the only one that I can remember being like a serial though like there were films mm. um, yeah. yeah. There was there was a TV show that was uh, like a dinosaur spinoff of um, like Beast Wars. Well, the the um, Decepticons were dinosaurs. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not all of them, but like uh, Megatron was a was a T Rex. That's right. Beast Wars. I'm sorry. What Transformers? (laughs) Yeah. So Beast Wars. You missed Beast Wars, or was it Beasties? I think depending on what country you were in. I've never heard of Beasties. I think Beasties is different. Okay. Beast Wars. Yeah. They 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 land on this other planet. Oh. Oh. No, I was gonna say spoilers. The series came out like in the nineties. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. they land. They're in the past. They land on a planet. They figure out it's Earth afterwards. But uh, the Autobots uh, scan the world and find mammals. Mm -hmm. So Optimus is an ape, uh, and that like there's a cheetah and a Mm -hmm. rat and other stuff like that. And then the bad guys scan the world as well, but like scan uh, fossils. So they get like the T Rex. They get Velociraptor. Mm -hmm. They get like some fucked up arachnids and stuff yeah so do they, and then they have like animal versus dinosaur fights yes basically yeah so do they transform is it like a do they have some kind of horrifying yeah. pickle yeah. rick type like thing where they like get turned <laughs> inside out and like there's you know like muscle flying everywhere like, <laughs> i transform from the form of no. a rat to a t-rex <laughs> it's it's these weird like like and the animation and, and designs of, is of the 90s yeah. so it's not super great but like it's just like these big plate armor plating that just re like like they do in its cars basically but it's but it's but true it's animals but i heard that there was a type of transformer that did rip its skin off they were like they were morphers or something Gross. and they would yeah i had a an action figure of the like cheetah transformer from yeah. from beast wars Cheetor? maybe it it it's nice because that one when it when it's in its animal form really just looks like a little like cheetah action figure yeah. and then when you kind of painstakingly try to put it into sort of human warrior form mm-hmm. uh it still has sort of like the outside all the all the armor looks like flesh texture almost because it has the cheetah print cheetah print and everything yeah. yes yeah i'll Very be honest I, i've never seen transformers I, I don't think it's really came over here like the tv series of it like obviously there's the films <laughs> now but like there, there was a whole spate of like u.s cartoons like transformers and like he-man i think never came over here and, oh really like yeah there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff which we just didn't get on this side of the pond like mm-hmm. i mean i think <laughs> we had kind of like some homegrown stuff but like i can't remember for the life of me a lot of it off the top of my head but like yeah we didn't or, or maybe it did but yeah it had to be on the tv networks with, that you had to pay for because mm. we didn't have that when i was <laughs> my family didn't yeah. have that when i was a kid we would we would be it was like there were four channels for most of my That's- childhood yeah, because because my whole family is from the UK, and but I grew up here. And when I would go home, go over to England to, to see my grandma or whatever, and it's just like you have four fucking channels. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, and then there was the one yeah. kid in your school that had Sky, and it was like you know they yeah. had hundreds, and then, like you go around to their house for a sleepover, and they would have recorded loads of like Jackass and Viva La Bam and all the stuff that you don't have <laughs> access to, but you could binge in one night of like. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. I was talking to my mate about this the other day. Like we used to, um, I went on a stag do with them a little while ago, and we were just saying that, like, why did we ever stop having sleepovers? 
And like those, what we used to do was go for a sleepover, have like a takeout, and then just stay up all night playing video yeah. games, and yeah. you know, or playing Warhammer. And like, why did we ever stop doing that? I want to do that as an adult now. I want to get my, <laughs> I want to get my friends over on like a Friday night. We stay up until the morning, and you know, you just play video games. Like, I don't understand why. Why can't we still do that? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the, the the game night still happens. Yeah. But you're totally mm. right. The like the experience of spending the night and like the sun coming up and all that kind of mm. stuff yeah even even well, when having... those nights go late it's usually like two or three in the morning and then someone's like well gotta go to work in six hours so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or my yeah. body just won't allow me to stay up oh, further no. yeah me neither we were teffer and i were actually just talking about that last night how like slumber parties aren't a thing as adults and like that's so weird and like why don't we just invite our friends over and do each other's hair and watch shitty movies until we pass out yeah, yeah. in your pjs you're like yeah. super comfortable you got some nice snacks yeah Maybe we should bring this back. Maybe this yeah. needs to be a campaign. It's just like we, we pick a day when and like everyone say it's a Friday. So people hopefully won't have work on Saturday. Everyone gets their mates around and has a sleepover. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, this should be a campaign. That's it. But, you know, before we do that campaign, we have to finish doing the one we're doing right now. King of Segways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, God, you're professional. <laughs> I'm so, Simon, I'm the most professional person you will ever meet. <laughs> oh man thank you so much for joining us this week this is it's been, it's been an absolute blast this has been yeah. so much fun yeah thank you so much yeah anytime you feel like doing it again just shoot me an email we'll set something up absolutely well i, I feel like basically do i fancy spending an hour talking about dinosaurs well, yeah i've got time on wednesday <laughs> so yeah let's, let's work that into the calendar but we have to schedule it on another time so that he's not missing his program yeah exactly we don't want uh, you to miss love, love island, island. <laughs> It's it's just, it's so shit, but I love it. It's 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 like I hate that I love it. It's just I, have you heard about this in Canada? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's god awful, but I love it. And I can't. It's I I think the reason that I got into it was the memes. Like I wanted to understand this plethora of memes all over my timeline, <laughs> and then I got sucked in. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm like I'm like yeah, but I'm so glad that Haley's gone. She was such a bitch. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, yes, that's not Clash with Love Island, but I'd love to come back. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Well, if you guys like this episode, uh, remember that you can rate and review the show on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. It helps us go a really long way. That's not a sentence, really. Uh, But you know what I mean. Uh, Also, if you like this episode, donate to our Indiegogo campaign. Uh, We're trying to hit $6,000 by the end of the day that this comes out. We're super close. There's a lot of really cool perks available. Um, Kate and her husband, Paul, will sing a jingle for you Mm -hmm. uh, or do a pep talk, Mm -hmm. uh, both while stoned, which Mm -hmm. is super fun. Uh, If you want to... uh... (laughs) Topics of high importance, Simon. Check it out. (laughs) If you want to be a guest on this show and you're not Simon who gets to do this for free, uh, you can do it for $200 uh, with a $200 donation. Um, you want to advertise something? It's $100. If you want to just ask us a question like Katie Warren did earlier, 5 bucks. There's a whole lot of other perks available as well, all ranging in price from $1 to $10,000. Uh, so please go check it out. Uh, every donation helps. And uh, yeah, it goes a long way to just like make it possible for people to create cool content in an mm-hmm. accessible way that doesn't cost them a fortune. Um, yeah, but we're doing a live show. There we yes. go. That's the next thing I need to talk about. We're doing a live show uh, six days from today uh, on July 16th at 8.30 p.m. at Mainline Theatre in Montreal. Uh, tickets are $12 and available uh, through Mainline's website. You can also find a link to the Facebook event in the description of this episode. Uh the Scrum, one of our sister shows, will be doing a show at 7 o'clock that night. So if you want to come out to both, do that. You do have to pay for tickets for both, though. There is no what's, combo what's deal. What's the Scrum about? Is that about rugby? Uh, no, it's a sports media show. Uh, so it's like a journalism. Like They basically sort of dissect all the facets of what it is to be a sports journalist. Oh, cool! Because obviously, yeah, like yeah. F- f- being being English, like Scrum has a very particular meaning. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Being crushed by a bunch of very large <laughs> men. So, so that's what I thought at first too when they told me the title that they wanted to go with, and then they were just like, that, uh, <laughs> "Sign me up!" <laughs> well, at first I was like, "Oh, so you guys are going to do a, a rugby show?" And they said, "No, we're going to do a show about journalism because apparently the Scrum is also what it's called when like." The, the athlete comes out and all the reporters stick their microphone in their face at the oh. same time that's oh. also called a scrum 
yeah. So so anyway, so uh, two shows back to back, seven o'clock and eight thirty at Mainline Theater on July sixteenth. Come out to those. Uh, also on July fourteenth, uh, come out to Bring Your Own Pillow at uh, Montreal Improv. It's a show that our very own Kate Hammer is putting on uh, to also help us raise money for this fundraiser. Yeah, I think Kate, are you? I'll be in it. You're doing improv. And I'm also going to be bringing some artwork uh, that I did for topics of high importance. Oh, cool. And you can buy, buy a special raffle, raffle ticket for that. And if you uh, get picked, then you get to pick a piece. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think I also committed to something for the raffle, but I don't remember what. So come to the show and you'll find out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're uh, such yeah, professional. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm the most professional. <laughs> um, share this episode with a friend who loves dinosaurs or a friend who eats too much beef. Um, mm. And uh, maybe they'll learn something important as a result. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Down With Talking and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. At Red Random. I'm at Simon Oxfizz. There's a just really, it's, it's, there. There's an F hidden in there. Just, 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 you'll find it. It'll be fine. Just, just start typing it. It will come up. Uh, Simon, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, well, I suppose I should probably plug the Wikicast, which is my <laughs> podcast. You already mentioned it. It's me and my housemate, Dan. We basically talk about nothing for an hour and a half every week. Uh, ostensibly, we're meant to talk about a different Wikipedia article, but we uh, we basically bitch about each other for, for an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a dog person. I'm a cat person. And um, God, it sounds like the start of an American, like the, the pitch yeah, of a sitcom. Yeah, that's a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't believe the japes they get into. Um, yeah, basically, that that's the Wikicast. <laughs> recently to give you an idea of the quality of the show i had a company talk to me about sponsoring a youtube video on my youtube channel and they said oh you have a podcast we should do something with that and i literally said it's not worth it it's <laughs> we don't deserve your sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> oh don't do that i my my show with my husband is, is shit over shit over shit but it's fun <laughs> yeah that's the, i think it's great i, I think that's, <laughs> no, but like, that's the best by, possible by shit i just I mean give. like yeah, because we're like, we're just having fun. We're just talking. We're right. just conversing to us. It doesn't have much value, but it's actually really fun for others, too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we don't take, take those sponsorships, Simon. <laughs> I mean, if you do want to watch something of high quality, then you can, well, actually, no, medium quality. You can watch my YouTube channel, which is Simon Clark on YouTube. And I do videos about science, about books, about uh, well, vlogging my life. And um, kind of it's a, it's a bit of a mix. So, you know, check it out. You might find something that you like. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, yeah, special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. They released a new album earlier this month or possibly late last month uh, called El Casino that is really freaking fantastic. So go check that if you have. Ch- go check that out if you haven't already. Wow. Lost my you need to there. add that to the, the compilation for uh, Cash Corner. <laughs> Not even going to dignify that. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this show is produced and edited, believe it or not, by me, Tom <laughs> uh, As part of the Upford Network, you can find out about all the great shows on the network at upfordnetwork.com. And at, for the 7,000th time, you can donate to our Indiegogo campaign by clicking the first link in the description of this episode. Please do it. We need to build a sound booth because I'm having a baby and those are loud as shit and if you don't help us build a sound booth I'm going to make you listen to my baby just constantly uh, <laughs> if you help us build the sound booth you can ask to listen to my baby constantly and I'll, I'll let you but like if you don't want that please donate and what does the baby want Tom what does the baby want the baby wants us to be able to make money to pay for things <laughs> we can't do that without the sound booth <clears throat> oh man Simon thanks again for joining us this was super fun thank you for having me yes thank you thank you yes to see you I say now Benson Jack, Benson Joe, Benson Jack, Benson Jack, do 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 Benson Jack, Benson do 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 Benson Jack. Oh.